It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A, hour or two on your Thursday afternoon. Phone number is 547-1610. Email, you could get us on the website, 610K1A.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you'd like to say. And on Twitter at bottom line 610, where we have posted the information about the hearing for the, the Lower Snake River Dams in Tri Cities. It'll be January 13th at the Red Lion Hotel in Pasco. We've also attached a link to the survey, the online questionnaire that you can take as well regarding uh, the governor's desire to look at removing the Lower Snake River Dam. Such a peachy guy he is. Uh, joining us on the line right now. Someone who has spent a decade and a half in Olympia serving the constituents of the 16th Legislative District, currently serving as a state senator. Uh, Maureen Walsh joining us on the program. Good afternoon, Senator. Thank you for your time. Uh, thanks. Let me correct you quickly, though. I've been there 28 years. 28? So, 28 years. I was 12 years on staff for former Representative Dave Mastin. I uh, worked alongside Representative Bill Grant in this district and just... Uh, yeah, 28 years. So so here's my bottom line for you, gentlemen. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, it's time. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, Senator, you need to get your Wikipedia updated. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just give you credit from 2005. Yeah, I guess since I've been a serving member, but believe me, I, I might have worked a little harder as a staff member for 12 years there first, but it, it certainly was my springboard to uh, following in the footsteps of some great mentors that I've had the, had the privilege of working with. And anyway, it's it's been a, been a long ride, though, and so the bottom line really truly is it's time. I'm going to be 59 next week, and and uh, again, have served a long time and have loved every minute and been so honored and privileged to be able to serve for the folks of this district and watch as this district has just flourished and grown. And I mean, it has truly been the pinnacle of my life. And I'm just so, so proud and appreciate you guys having me on to kind of kind of say make this announcement that I won't be seeking re-election this next year. Well, it's always been a pleasure to have you on the program, the opportunities that we have had, a, a happy early birthday to you. Um, <laughs> and it may have come as a surprise to you last week when we had two different individuals state their intention to uh, run for your seat on our program. Uh, Representative Bill Jenkins currently in the House on the 16th, and former Walla Walla Commissioner Perry Dozier. Um, it seemed that there was some intimation out there in circles for a while that you were considering not running. How long did you think about, um, how much time did you put into the decision about whether or not you were going to seek re-election in 2020? Well, honestly, I, maybe I would say that the time when I started thinking about it most is when I suffered from a heart attack during the legislative session last year, the 2018 session. Um, I had a heart attack. And, I, you know, there's just something about those moments in your life that you start uh, thinking a little differently, maybe thinking about taking a different direction. And certainly um, I've been so lucky after 10 years being widowed, uh, I, I met a guy named Jim Benson, who has been a big part of my life the last few years. And 
Um, and we, we just decided we're just going to maybe take a different direction together and decided I've had a long and, and very wonderful career. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, again, it's just time. And, and, and I think it's really important that uh, I feel good about when I'm stepping down and feel like I've accomplished much and I can walk away feeling very good about how abundantly this this district has grown and just being a part of that has just been the greatest honor of my life and and um, you know it's it's just time to make take a different direction you know <laughs> we're talking with state senator maureen walsh representing the 16th legislative district here on the bottom line now we also want to make want, want to give you the opportunity to make it clear you, you're not retiring right now you're going to olympia for the for the session in 2020 uh you're going to serve out your term you're just not going to run for re-election that's correct um i think when folks elect you they elect you for your four-year term and and um, I, I'm going to I'm going to remain in the legislature for my term next year. And that'll make a easy transition. Folks will have time to be able to evaluate who the best candidate is to replace me. And and I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm not the, I knew those gentlemen were going to announce. I'd had some, you know, obviously sort of more internal conversations with closer groups, if you will, about my intentions. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm a little surprised about the timing of their announcement. But on the other hand, uh, you know, that's fine. I, I, I think they're more credit to them. They want to serve. And, and I, I find no fault in that. Senator Walsh, uh, you know, you've you've seen a lot, um, certainly over the last <laughs> handful of years. I, I think that that might be the understatement of the year. Can you point to one or two things that really stick out in in your mind as uh you know, things that you witnessed or were a part of uh, in in the chamber? Well, again, I think maybe under the mentorship of uh, Representative Grant and Representative Maskin um, and, you know, others that I've served with, uh, you know, my I, what I feel best about is the fact that I was able to reach across the aisle and work with with all kinds of folks over there. Um, you know, I'm not maybe the strongest, most partisan person in the world. I, I like uh, if you have a good idea and you got a D or an R behind your name, I, I can support that. It doesn't matter. Um, so being bipartisan, sort of in a tradition of this district, we've been quite bipartisan and worked pretty well, um, you know, on a whole to try to make one Washington uh, make sure that folks on the east side are, are, are getting as much benefit um, as folks on the west side. Often that's tough to do, especially in the climate now. It's very Democrat-controlled, and I just heard you mention something about the governor and his plans to study dam breaching and issues like that that are so integral and so important to our district that we protect. Um, I've had just a, you know, a great time uh, being able to, again, work very well with folks. Um, probably the Department of Early Learning might be the best example of that. That was uh, a piece of legislation, uh, Representative Democrat, Representative Ruth Kagi and I uh, co-sponsored establishing the, our Department of Early Learning, which is now the Division of Children and Youth Services. Um, and, and that's basically promoting early learning in, in children's lives and, frankly, helping empower parents uh, to be the best parents they can be and promote the fact that their child is entitled to an education and they should take great uh, advantage of that opportunity. And, and so that's, uh, that's been something that's been great. And, 
maybe some of the most sensational moments uh, in my political career were um, probably when uh, I gave a speech that was very impactful and frankly went viral, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time, about marriage equality. And, um, you know, I found great affirmation in giving that speech, even though I thought at the time, being a Republican, um, that that would be political suicide to deliver a speech like that. But I, it's how I felt, and I let my conscience completely guide me. And, and, and maybe, that's, maybe that's the most important thing, is that I've had an emphasis on good policy in this state. I'm not necessarily the greatest politician, if you will. I would much rather um, see good policy than, um, than the rampant politics that seem to be so prevalent these days. It's, it's been very unfortunate, the climate. And um, anyway, but, but, but it has just been, there have been many, many things I've been able to do and work with incredible people and uh, that's what you'll miss. You miss the people you're working with. You miss your constituency that's worked with you over the years on, on many given issues. And um, that, that, that's the loss, is the loss of those relationships. But I hope to keep some of those alive. And, and uh, but, but again, it, it's just time, and we'll get some young blood in there and somebody that's invigorated and ready to go, and I think that's great. But I'm so privileged and so proud to have done what I've done. It's been a tremendous honor, and I thank all my all the folks in the 16th district and the state, frankly, um, it's been a great ride and, and one that I'm just, uh, again, so proud to have been a part of it. You touched on it a moment ago, and, and there's been a couple of instances where maybe you have not spoken out or voted in the way that other Republicans uh, in eastern Washington uh, did. And it, you you said it right then was that you kind of were your own person in there there you know you mentioned uh the marriage equality you know having the the uh, the state penitentiary in your in your district uh you know there were some things associated with the death penalty and then there's other things that you have uh have come out on that aren't the party line is that one of the things that that you think your constituents will will take away was that you weren't just voting along party lines, you were actually engaging in the process. Well, that's right. And I think that, you know, your hope and expectation is that when people elect you, they hope that you're reasonable minded and will make the best decisions on their behalf. And like Reagan said, you're not my enemy. If we agree 80 percent of the time, you're still my ally. And there were issues of conscience that often drove me to, to vote the way that I did. Uh, and ultimately, um, what was so interesting was the session that I gave my speech, a marriage equality speech, um, that year. I, I, I'm, and I'm not being melodramatic here or Pollyanna, but I, I cried myself to sleep many nights that session because I thought I was committing political suicide in doing that. And what was so fascinating to me is I believe my election numbers in the following election were better than they had ever been. And I think that was indicative that some people are just getting doggone tired of the party, straight line party rhetoric that people adhere to a platform, even though you don't necessarily agree with it. I'd rather have somebody with a mind who's able to think about those uh, those issues and discern them with good judgment. I'd much rather have someone like that at the helm than someone who's just going to be a, a voice for the party. I mean, if that were the case, why would we even have people over there representing us? Why wouldn't we just vote by a computer from each district? And if it's just going to be along the party lines, well, no thanks. That's. I'd like to think that's 
that's giving me some ability to, again, make rational decisions based on the information that comes before me as a legislator, that maybe some other people are not privy to some of that information. I think that's an important aspect of the job and one that I hope um, other members of the legislature are thoughtful about. All districts are different. All people's philosophies are different. And that's the beauty of the legislature is having all of those divergent ideas and minds come together and the hope that some compromise between those groups will merit a good decision on behalf of this state. That's, that's ultimately the hope. And again, something that I feel pretty proud that I was able to work very well with all my colleagues in the legislature. We're talking with State Senator Maureen Walsh from the 16th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Senator Walsh, you mentioned a couple times about the climate in Olympia. And going back to when you were first uh, in the in the House in 2005 and now entering your final session, um, kind of one of the things that raised our eyebrows a couple of years ago is when Lieutenant Governor Brad Owen decided to retire. And we looked at it and wondered, did it have something to do with the climate that was in Olympia at that time? How much has it changed since you've been there? And do you think that you're you're leaving a less, let me think of the right way to put this, a, 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 a less constructive legislature than when you first entered? Yes. And I mean, I think it trickles down from the federal level as well. I mean, there tends to be this sort of, um, you know, vitriolic sort of us versus them mentality and, you know, the trickle down from the Trump administration, albeit extremely different. Um, People are allowed to have their own opinions. And some people, uh, you, uh, you mentioned Brad Owen, for example. Brad Owen was there for a long time. He had many different jobs in the legislature and he loved every minute of it. He went out with a swan song. He, I used to sing in a band with Brad Owen and Folks from Tri-Cities would come over and we'd sing in a band for him. We were the signy dies. And and I know that Brad was a happy guy who was able to leave there with his health and his and his mental health as well. And I think again, one of the one of those people that just uh was able to say this has been a great ride. I've enjoyed every minute of it, but it's time for me to step aside. And and gosh, you know, you hope more politicians will do that. We got a lot of folks over there that are just they probably should have stepped aside earlier, and uh, uh, that's a, that's an unfortunate thing to say. But you know, I'd, I'd rather be able to feel good about when I'm leaving and make that exit, and know that you know somebody is anxious and excited about filling that position and representing the people of this district like I did, and um, you know that makes me feel good. So I'd rather leave on that note than something like you know I'm losing my health or something like that. So this is this is a good time for me, and and. Uh, and again, I, I have a very unusual district. The 16th district has always been um, just a little bit different in eastern Washington. And so I, I feel really good that I've been able to represent, um, you know, a, a good variety of views from this area. And and on behalf of the constituency, I've been able to satisfy the majority of folks from this area that I've done a good job. And they've, they've reelected me many times. And and I'm so thankful for that and, and, again, so completely honored that they put their trust in me to do this job so long. One final question for you, Senator Walsh. Again, we appreciate mm-hmm. your time this afternoon talking to us. You mentioned earlier about those that mentored you. Well, certainly someone that you helped mentor, Skylar Rood, is in the legislature right now representing your same district. Uh, there will be someone, obviously, that, that 
will take your seat. Uh, Representative Jenkin working, or certainly announced for that. You've worked with him in the legislature, albeit on the House side, becoming from the same district. What would you impart on them uh, as they continue to move forward in their legislative careers as you are announcing that yours is going to come to an end? Well, what's so great, I don't know Bill as well, but obviously I've worked with Skyler for many years. He was my staff person. My, frankly, I used to call him my gray matter. <laughs> just very talented and, and just so thoughtful. And he is a workaholic and just he's an up and comer. And I'm, I could not be more proud of him. And I uh, sound a little maternal, but you know what? It is a little maternal that he is just a great person. And I'm just so proud that he's there. And, and Bill seems to be, you know, learning the ropes over there and he's excited and and that's that's a good trait too but you know there'll be other people that are going to want to come forward and uh, there's always been a great tradition again of bipartisanship from this district and and people that are reasonable and thoughtful and you know what it i, I don't mean to, to sound ungrateful or anything but it is a sacrifice to do the job you leave and we travel 320 miles every year to go over and live in somebody else's house for a couple of months or four months or six months, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, so there's a great deal of uncertainty with your schedules and things in your life. And for someone to choose uh, to do it, um, you know, you have to be dedicated to it. And so I'm, I'm really proud that, that we have that from this district and we, we always have. And, We've been able to really move the ball forward in spite of the fact that oftentimes the Democrats have had majorities that have made that a little more difficult. But um, getting folks from the west side of the state exposed to what we have here in the east side of the state has been a mission that we've all engaged in, um, you know, for many, many, many years now. And and that has been a great thing too. again, make it more one Washington and make sure that eastern Washington gets the recognition that we certainly deserve with the incredible industry and opportunities that we provide on this side of the state. It's, it's just such a privilege. It's such a, I'm just so honored to, 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 to be on the map now. And people who used to say, well, aware, uh, they don't do that anymore. They're clamoring to come here and come to conventions and meetings and get out and, and, and see our beautiful weather and, and what we have to offer. And, and again, it's just, it's so great to have been a big part of that and continue to be a part of that. But, um, but again, it's time to take a different direction and and I'll be honored this next term to finish it out and hopefully do a great job and and that that's my whole that's my goal and and again I really appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity to to say thanks to my constituency anybody that's listening and and again um I really appreciate the opportunity I've been given well, you're not done with us yet. We'll be talking to you at least once or twice during the legislative session. So we have a couple oh, more times that we can talk we can, we, before we have to say goodbye. But uh, we, we appreciate your service. We appreciate your time for us today. Senator Maureen Walsh, state senator from the 16th Legislative District, uh, we wish you continued best of luck and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Rob. Senator Maureen Walsh, 16th Legislative District, joining us on the program, making it official. She will not seek reelection. In 2020, I'm going to take a quick timeout. Come back with more here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. We'll update some election numbers for you, along with well, we've got a few other things on the docket to touch on today. Back with more of the program after this.
bottom line. The only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610, K1A, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, Skyview Law, they are the experts in family law in the Tri-Cities. Over 10 years of experience, their office is on George Washington Way in Richland. Jared and his team can help you navigate the rough waters that come with a divorce and of a long-term relationship. If there's children involved, assets involved, particularly small businesses, contact Jared and his team today. They'll answer your questions. They'll help begin the process for you. You want them on your side. Visit their website, Skyview Law, today. Find out how you can get your free case review, your free consultation with Skyview Law on George Washington Way in Richland. So we're going to update the election results for you from Benton County as they have updated. They've had some num- added some significant numbers to races. Uh, first, we'll start with uh, what I think is fantastic news for Benton County Fire District 1. Uh, their proposition is passing now with 62%. Oh, yeah. So congratulations to Chief Click uh, and all those guys in Fire District 1 as that is now passing. And it looks like that bond's going to hold. We're going to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Oh, this is Art from Kennewick. Yeah, I see where Sessions is going to try and get his uh, se- uh, Senate seat back. And I think this is part of the problem with politics uh, at all levels. Uh, they stay in there for a long time. They're career politicians, and I think that's a problem over in the state, too. Uh, I know there's some good uh, politicians, uh, but I think after about three or four uh, uh, terms, I think that's probably enough. Uh, what do you think in most cases? Thanks for the call, Art. Appreciate it. Oh, well, I, Art, I really appreciate the call because I—, I I liken the situation with politicians to professional athletes, and here's how I do that. Neither of them know when it's time to leave, and even when they do, they kind of tend to creep back into it. It's it, And I don't know if we should fault them necessarily, because think about it. A professional athlete and a politician spends most of his or her life embedded in this subculture, this sub-society that they, you know, make their living or their their service to. Uh, I, I suppose you could make that same claim with a, a lot of, you know, law enforcement, military, things like that. What do you do when it's all over? You know, and that's why you do see people try to walk away from from the thing that they've known for a long time, and it's a lot harder to do than they think. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily what Jeff Sessions is, and I'm certainly not intimating that with respect to to Maureen Walsh either. But when Art said that, that was the first thing that popped in my head was, and we see this with professional athletes a lot of times, is they'll quote-unquote retire, and then they'll unretire, like within a year. I think those that are there for the service are the ones that, seem to understand or or get it a little bit more about when it's time to go because they're not there for themselves they're not there for the quote unquote perks or the bennies or anything else they're there to serve and and I think those that understand that are the ones that have an easier time walking away because they believe they 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 get a sense of when they have served as much as they can um 
What I think is, you know, what I think is interesting, though, to me, Jeff Sessions, I think, is that politician. And I think especially at the national level, you see it more than you do at the state level. Um, but, yeah, there are some examples of that at the state level as well. But but I think those that truly are in it for the service get a sense of when they have served and, and when they, they their time of service is over. Those that are there for the money or the power don't get that same feeling. Five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to get involved, we'll update a few more numbers for you here from Ken or from Benton County, uh, the Port of Benton Commissioner District One race now with just under eighty two hundred votes in. Uh, Roy Keck now has a lead in that race over Bill O'Neill by about forty six votes. It's fifty percent to forty nine percent there. Port of Kennewick, Thomas Moak, fifty seven percent, almost sixty percent of the vote to VJ Meadows with forty one percent of the vote. Going back to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K one A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas, this is Chris from Richland. What's up, Chris? And this is for you. This is a little bit of conspiracy theory Thursday. It's Go for it. off of what you guys are talking about. I'd like to talk a little bit about big tobacco and the vaping controversy. I believe it was in 1993 when the GSA was stroked, uh, stuck, uh, when it was uh, agreed upon. I believe that was the great settlement agreement between the states and big tobacco. The states were due to receive millions of dollars bidding on the sales of tobacco, cigarettes, cigarettes. With this vaping coming in, it has seriously put a huge dent in the money they're drawing from this agreement from big tobacco. So I think them putting a big quash on vaping so quick without any kind of backing was because of this. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I I don't think that's all that crazy at all. I'd be interested to see, though, how many of the tobacco companies are involved in the vaping industry. Uh, Yeah, I I think that's a valid point, too, is uh, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Um, But those that are not involved directly with the vaping industry might very well be part of those that are going after them. Five four seven one six ten. Back to the phones we go. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you, where are you calling from today? Hey, it's me again. Hi, um, me. That uh, the the last caller, Chris. I think. Yep. Talk, talking about big tobacco. They they divested all of those funds. So when you knew as a tobacco company that the rug was coming out from underneath you and all of the people are smarter and they're not going to buy your product anymore, they had to go into an industry that they could manipulate. So Big Tobacco now owns what? I mean, I'm going to tell you what it is, but in your mind, they bought out Sarah Lee. They bought out all the major food companies, anything that's processed food, because they can manipulate that too. No, absolutely. They started big time, Mike. When when the when the when the the penalties started coming from the federal government, they were buying craft. They were buying major companies because they had the money to do so, and therefore it kept the profit stream rolling in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the call. Absolutely. Uh, let's run down a few more of the races for you while we've got some time in uh, Benton City. The mayor's race: Linda Lehman, fifty-four percent; David Sandretto, forty-four percent; uh, John Derdarian, fifty-two percent; Ashley Morrison, forty-seven percent for the city council position three. 
City Council position four in Benton City. Keela Gordon, 63%. Uh, Connie Meredith, 35%. Benton City position five. Jake Mokler, 58% of the vote. Michelle McLeod, 41%. In the city of Kennewick now, we've got 10,000 votes counted in each of the three city council races. Uh, Chuck Torelli, 51%. Charis Warner, 47%. The vote distance is about the same, uh, about 350, 360 there. Brad Beecham, 65%. Ed Pacheco, 33%. Jim Milbauer, 52%. Russell Delgesso, 46%. About a 568 vote difference in that race. Over in Richland, uh, looking at City Council position one, Bob Thompson, 51%. Uh, Lillian Randy Slovic, 47%. About a 400 vote difference there. Brad Anderson, 56%. Shira Geb, 43% for City Council race two. Uh, position five, Phil Lemley, 64%. Lisa Thomas, 34%. Position 6, Terry Christensen, 57%. Kyle Palmer, 41%. Uh, City of West Richland, Kate Moran, 55%. Ken Stoker, 44%. Uh, School district races, Kennewick, director number 3, Ron Mabry, 55%. Wendy Carlisle, 43%. Director 4 position, Michael Connors, 70%. James Langford, 28%. I think we could probably call that one. Uh, Director 5 position, Diane Sundvik, 51%. Pat Mastelar, the incumbent, 47%, about a 300-vote difference there, 300, 350 votes there. Uh, Richland School District, looking at those races right now, we have got Director 3, Rick Donahoe, 60%, Matthew Bishop, 38%. That one looks to be pretty clear-cut. Uh, Director 4, Kerry Williams, 52%, Jay Clough, 47%. That one a little bit, about 650 there uh, in the difference. Jill Oldson, 55%, Rama Devagupta, 44%. Um, So those are the rundowns of the big races in Benton County as of right now. Your city council race, your council races, and your school board races in those areas. The next update for Benton County will come tomorrow as there are still 10,000 ballots on hand uh, left to count estimated for Benton County. The voter turnout now is at 29.25% for Benton County. We went over the Franklin County numbers a little bit earlier. They'll be updating again uh, after we are off the air somewhere around 5 or 6 p.m. So, And some of the other counties like Walla Walla um, won't probably post anymore until tomorrow. Right. Um, they haven't. They, they did... Uh, Tuesday night, and then they won't again until tomorrow. Um, and several counties are like that, too. So let's take a timeout. 547 If you'd like to email the program, you can do so by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Fill out the form. And just like that, your email is on its way. And again, on our Twitter page, bottom line 610, we've got the date for the hearings for the Snake River Dams in the Tri-Cities. And we've posted the survey link as well for the online questionnaire. You can get involved, share it with your friends, pass the word so that we're well represented when they come to town to try and take our dams down. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. 
Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA-547-1610. If you want to get involved, if you're thinking about getting yourself involved in the housing market, contact Jennifer Mons with Windermere Group 1 Realty. Visit her website, jennifermonsmonds.com. If you're thinking about buying or selling, maybe building. Not quite sure what you need for the size family you have. Maybe you want more. Maybe you want to downsize. Ask Jennifer all those questions. You can shoot her an email through her website. You can also see what homes she has listed. And while you're at it, take a look at the open houses she has coming up as well. But give Jennifer Mons, shoot her an email at her web, through her website, jennifermonsmonds.com. Her goal is to exceed your expectations, so take her up on it. Final few minutes here. Uh, on your Thursday afternoon as election results continue to uh, come in throughout the state. Uh, the, the gap is widened as far as Initiative 976 is concerned. Um, and the one thing I did not look, and I'm going to do that right now, uh, is Referendum 88. And, that has tightened up a little bit. And where that one is sitting. And again, I know we talked about that before as far as the way it was uh, worded. Um, right now, 1.3 million votes, roughly. It's about a 32,000 differential as of this point in time. In fact, as of seven minutes ago, the latest updates of the committee, it's still about a 30,000. It was about 31, 32 yesterday. Uh, so it's about 31,000 still, the differential, 51.05% to 48.95% in that one. Crossing our fingers and hoping that that one sticks. Uh, but, you know, they'll they'll find a way to get around that, too, because when people vote, they really don't give a damn in the legislature anymore, at least the majority of it, uh, which is controlled by the Democrats. I don't want to say that because we've, we've talked enough with legislators over here that they do care. Uh, they care what you think as their constituents. They care what you think as voters. Uh, unfortunately, there's a there's a large percentage of them that don't. And I ninety I nine seventy six is a perfect example. Thirty five of thirty nine counties have voted in favor of I nine seventy six. But you know as well as I do, Ed, that would mean that uh, a whole whopping twelve legislators in the Senate and the House combined twelve. Uh, would vote to rescind, repeal, or change 976 based on the will of their constituents. Two legislators, one senator. That's 12. Yep. Otherwise, overwhelmingly, the legislature would keep this intact. But we will see those who represent their districts that will not vote in favor of keeping 976, the rule of law, which is what the initiative process allows people to do to have an impact in the rule of law. Whenever it comes to reducing money coming into the state, be it by tax or be it by tab, they tend to find a way to mess it up. And, you know, again, we're going to get to that point. One of our callers earlier alluded to it. Well, aren't we already there? Well, we're not because enough people on the West Side haven't done enough to change the structure. In fact, two years ago, they made it even more lopsided. That's right. That's right. Five four seven one six ten five oh nine five four seven one six ten. A few more minutes left in the program. Again, uh, we have learned that the uh, breaching of the Snake River Dam's um, public session, public public listening session, uh, chance for you to come out and voice your concerns 
about that uh, has been made in the Tri-Cities. It's going to be Monday, January 13th at the Pasco Red Lion on 20th Avenue. No time has been posted yet, uh, but we do know that it's going to be a Monday, uh, January 13th, and it'll be the last of the three. They're going to do Clarkston first, then go to Vancouver, then come to the Tri-Cities because, you know, it was a late addition because they hadn't put us on the schedule until, you know, people like Congressman Dan Newhouse and others rattled their saber enough that they actually heard something coming from east of the Cascades. And so they decided that they better add a stop, which they did. Now, whether or not they actually take into consideration what they hear in the Tri-Cities remains to be seen. But at least at least there's that. At least they're not going to make their decision without at least hearing from you the constituents about what those uh, dams mean to this area and what breaching those dams on the Snake River would mean to this area as well. 547-1610, here on the bottom line. You know, I'm looking forward to obviously seeing the rest of the results out here, um, but I'm also interested in seeing what the impact of the state referendums, the initiatives are going to have on the legislature in a short session. Uh, you know, well, you know, you, I think it's pretty safe to say that the I-976 uh, situation is going to throw things into a tizzy uh, because they're going to try to fill the holes of the transportation budget um, somehow. And, I, you know, maybe this is the time where we, we actually see them try to implement state income tax. Maybe maybe it's gotten to that point, which, of course, will be tied up in court and all that stuff. But I think that's where you will see much of the focus uh, amongst at least the Democrats in the state of Washington and the, both the House and the Senate. You will see a focus on where can we find more money to plug in to those transportation projects that were allocated money coming from those car tab fees. You know, it's interesting. We got an email from Rick. It said, I hear a lot of complaining on social media about the city's not having enough money for roads, bridges, et cetera. Richland recently updated home values, averaging about $50,000 per home. For me, my property taxes went up almost $500 per year. That's a lot of money for Benton County. Uh, You're right, it is. And, And I think, Rick, you're not hearing a lot of, you're not hearing as many people out here complaining about it. You know, there was a mention at the end of the Kennewick City Council meeting in October about possibly looking at car tabs if 976 goes through. Um, I think that would be a mistake for the city of Kennewick as it would spell uh, the end of the tenures for those that would be up for re-election in 2021. Um, That'd be a bad move if they supported it. Um, I understand that they get money from the state for some of those things and some of those projects, but at the same time, we also know the state has a hell of a lot of money sitting around because they just ordered non-essential spending to stop. And I'll go back to that original question. How much non-essential spending does the government agency have? Yeah, it, it, it it's a story, if you will, if there's very little right. or if there's a lot. Exactly. How much, Either way. The, the fact that you tell an agency to end non-essential spending tells me how much waste is sitting already. $22 billion in additional taxes this year alone. And you're going to sit there and cry poor mouth over tabs getting cut. 
Spend your money better. Reapportion it better. Have people that are responsible putting money where it's supposed to go. That is what an effective government is supposed to do. But again, we also know that the ungoverner has been ranked 50th as far as tax and spend is concerned as a governor. 50th. And of course, if there isn't much waste, then he wasted his time saying... You know, only essential things because it won't make any difference. That's all for the bottom line. All your news, weather, and traffic just ahead on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.